This is a great episode with uh, Joey Brusada. He's uh, really great. He's an artist and a comedian, and uh, I'm so happy to share this episode. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, but worked out, and uh, it's great. So uh, thank you. Okay, here we go. I'm going to hang up. Hey, man. (laughs) Hey. Richard Dweck. I'm sorry about that. At least we got it to work now. Cool. Are How we? Have you been? Are, are we uh, live and, go, and recording? Yeah, we're recording now. All right. Hey, I just want to uh, uh, say one thing. Uh, I think I, I want to take credit. I think I'm actually the first person to do a Richard Dweck is well endowed joke. And uh, if that's oh, true, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> that started everything. I think. Yeah. Uh, it's so interesting because. To me, what's so funny is like my comedy is so self-deprecating. Mm. So that's been really hard to adjust to with uh, doing the brain bar mic because like the bartender, Mike, he's so great, but they never like they don't really the crowd doesn't really like me doing that stuff anymore. And that's my main sense of humor. Mm. Like I'm not braggadocious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> the funny thing is my brother, my older brother, who's two years older than me. He is ginormous. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> so funny that he's the one. <laughs> well, bring him down. We'll make fun of him too. But yeah, it's uh, it's just so cool to like have known you. You're one of the people that I've known like since I started. Uh, I was curious. How old is your son now? Uh, he's seven. Right. Is he uh, doing the um, COVID learning through? At home and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, for a while they were. And then, then I think in September they went back to four days a week. And Wednesday, the whole school's off and they do like a deep clean of the whole school. And that's he's remote on uh, Wednesdays. And then if there's a snow day, they like recently we just had a lot of snow days. So he was remote for that. My nephews are uh, five and seven. And the oldest one, I think he does the same thing. And it's just like, I cannot imagine it. I had the worst uh, attention span in school, and I don't think I'd ever be able to handle it. Whenever, whenever I did online like work for college, I was just the laziest. So I can't imagine people having to do that. Yeah, you definitely have to corral them because, like, you know, I'll I'll start reading a newspaper while he's in the middle of a session with the teacher, and I'll look over and he's playing with his Pokemon figures, you know, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> right. Um. So have your has your family been pretty supportive of like all the stuff that you do, the art and the comedy and everything? Yeah, they've been they've been cool. Uh, you know, like my brother and sisters have come out to some shows and stuff. Uh, uh, my wife Courtney has come, and she she you know she kind of puts up with it. <laughs> right. She doesn't mind. Uh, she's a good sport with. Uh, I know a lot of the jokes that you do. Like, obviously, they're pretty much jokes, but like. Does she ever get offended by any of the stuff that you do? No, I mean, she doesn't, she takes the jokes about her with a grain of salt. Right. Uh, The only thing is like, if I'm running jokes by her, well, first of all, I call her the Sphinx because like, she never laughs (laughs) very much. Like if I get her to laugh and I think I'm, I got something, but usually I'll tell her a joke and she'll just stare at me with a blank look and go, I don't get it. Or she'll look at, look at me with a blank look and go, okay, that's funny. So, um, uh, she she's pretty cool with the with the jokes about her. But the only thing I can't run by her are like like non PC stuff because she's pretty PC. Uh, so uh, yeah. those jokes I kind of just 
don't run by her. I always feel like with you, you have a good mix. Like it's very, you know, I mean, this in a good way. It seems very classic to me. Uh, are you, uh, is that sort of like the people that you liked, like Ronnie Dangerfield and people like that? Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I have a lot of, a lot of comedians I like, obviously. I think going back, I think one of my earliest influence was, uh, was Bill Cosby. Um, because we had a couple of his albums. And uh, I remember, it's it's kind of funny, I was getting my tonsils out in first grade. Uh, me yeah. and my brother Pete were only a year and a half apart, and we were going into the hospital at the same time. And we had the Bill Cosby Wonderfulness album, and there's a whole bit he does in there. It's like a 10, 15-minute bit about getting his tonsils out. So right. for like every night before we went to the hospital, my older brothers would sit us down and we'd play it, and it, you know, make us not be so afraid. So we go to the hospital and the night before the surgery, because this is back in the day, you were in the hospital for like three, four days when you got your tonsils out. None of this outpatient stuff. Right. And the night before the surgery, this nurse took us into a, a room and sat us down and she said, OK, boys, this is this is what's going to happen tomorrow. And my brother, brother and I just busted out. We did the entire Bill Cosby tonsils set for her. Uh -huh. <laughs> she was like, well, I guess, you know, what's going to happen. OK, we're good. <laughs> right. You know, it's a shame everything that happened with him because his uh, album is special. The uh, himself is like one of my favorites, like of all time. Of yeah, just specials, and it's just like it's so interesting. Just that whole entire I love that whole entire uh, special uh, where he talks about uh, the four-year-old on the airplane, Jeffrey, mm -hmm. and like <laughs> he yeah. does like all the classic stuff, like talking about the going to the dentist and stuff like that and it's always you know uh i heard that like when they teach now they, like at a couple colleges they teach stand-up to people to students i guess and like there was a big like thing about them teaching using bill cosby yeah and they were just like you know we're not promoting it <laughs> he does it's just right. like his storytelling and his cadence it's something that you have to teach and i think that's like such an interesting dynamic to have and uh yeah he's you know it's... yeah i mean if you listen to a couple of his albums i have like 10 or 12 of his albums and um you know i always kind of refer back to it i think that's like a, a kind of a reference point for me because i listened to it so much growing up and you know you get, because of all his nonsense all the horrible things he did with the women yeah. want to really talk about it too much but I honestly believe, like you were saying at that school, they were teaching it because listening to a couple of Bill Cosby albums is like taking a seminar in pacing, character development, uh, voices, pauses. I mean, he's stone cold, like got it down. It's it's you can learn so much from that. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy, but yeah, I I always try and like think like, well, you know. Not that it's, you know, any good either way, but I just think, like, with, you know, all the horrible things that other people do, like musicians, people don't really care. Right. So it's, like, an interesting thing. Like, if you can still learn how to dance by Mac Michael Jackson videos, I think it's fine to, you know, take something from him. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Do you have any other people that sort of were early influence to... Well, 
you know, it's interesting because I, I, when I grew up, it was, there was, um, you know, kind of like two types of comics. There was the, uh, you know, comics were the put a tuxedo, get up to the mic, do your set kind of stuff. Alan King, you know, that kind of thing. And right. then there were the older guys who were, I guess you'd say comedians who had a persona, uh, right. Jack Benny, George Burns. And those guys, I, I, I thought it was really interesting because a lot of times they had such a strong character development that all they had to do was like roll their eyes. Like Jack Benny, all he had to do was cross his arms and look to the side and people lost it because right. he was so invested in his, in his character. And uh, I think there's something to be said that for that. Oh yeah. I think those guys are extremely talented. And what's really interesting about like guys like Jack Benny and stuff like this, that I don't know if you know this, it's they're very like most of those guys are very also musically trained Mm -hmm. it's like i think it was just like a show business thing where you had to know how to do everything just in mm -hmm. case like yeah that's you had to be a song and dance yeah. person too well a lot of them came from vaudeville where you had to be a triple right. threat you had to sing dance and tell jokes you know for the most part yeah uh i always find comedy history so just interesting and how much it has evolved and what people keep with everything it's just like i love that you made that facebook group recently yeah i've just saw the honest stuff because like it's just so cool to look back at everything and share stuff too because i love sharing all the stuff that i've you know yeah. seen and uh it was so i know you didn't want me to like get too far ask you too much about your age i don't want to do that <laughs> but uh when did you start doing comedy um you know, it's funny because my earliest, I was thinking about this before we went on, my earliest memory was when I was about four, I would do uh, impressions of of um, Jack Benny, Louis Armstrong, and James Cagney. And, you know, like I, everybody at that time carried a handkerchief in their pocket. So I'd be doing Louis Armstrong and I'd pull out my handkerchief and dab my forehead. And I remember people laughing. So that's probably my earliest recollection of uh, of doing it. And then I came from a family with five kids. So whenever you got a big family, you're always kind of elbowing for, for attention. So I think it's sort of. Right. Yeah. I'm the youngest in my family and I have a brother and a sister. So like, it's always interesting to think like pretty much wasn't attention hog and now I get even more attention, <laughs> but it's interesting. Like I, I didn't realize I was a performer until my teens. Mm -hmm. Did you always like, so I guess you were always that like, kind of outgoing person as a kid? Um, yes and no. Um, I was in certain, some certain situation. I was, I was very shy. Uh, like early on, like I had a lot of friends and like, once I got to know and I was comfortable, I was, you know, very outgoing and everything. But initially I was kind of shy. I think when I first went to school, I was a little, um, freaked out by going to school, you know, cause I lived, I grew up on a dead end with not a lot of kids around. So I wasn't used to being around all these kids and being in unfamiliar territory. So it took some getting used to. Um, but like I, I used to just like to I always liked to tell jokes like like um, I'd read jokes like party like a joke. Like I had this guy, three guys walk into a bar, you know, that kind of thing. Um, right. I always liked to do that kind of stuff. But before when you were saying about earlier influences too. Back when I was younger, there was that comedian, like I said, the tuxedo stand on the stage. 
um, that was that was a big thing. And then anybody who my who my age was really influenced by the Dean Martin comedy roasts. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, it was like the cream of the crop of, you know, you had everybody from Milton Berle to you know this upstart, you know, still relatively young Don Rickles and non comedians getting up there. Uh, so you had that on one hand, you had that um, tuxedo cigar smoking Friars Club crowd, and then on the other yeah. channel there was a show called Laugh In. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that was like the polar opposite. It was like the young, pot smoking hipster type scene, fast paced skits. Um, and I remember completely loving that just as much. And they're, they're kind of very opposite, but those were kind of over, always in the back of my mind in a lot of ways. I love variety right. shows. I used to host a couple um, too. I did, I did some in um, some variety shows in uh, at Maxwell's in Hoboken a few years ago, which I'm, I'm hoping to do again uh, somewhere around here down the road post COVID. Oh, that's so cool. So when did you start performing? Like actually performing? Uh, Stand up. You know, it's weird. I, I, I had a, uh, and, 2007, I had uh, open heart surgery and, and I kind of made a bucket list. And one of, one of the things was I always wanted to do stand Um, I remember in college was the first, one of the big, um, the first early explosions of stand up in the early eighties where there were clubs all over the place. And I right. always kind of thought about doing it, but I guess I was so busy with college and I didn't have the nerve. I never pulled the trigger on it, but it was always in the back of my mind. And so I finally, um, I have a good friend, uh, Brian, and uh, and we always talk about stand-up, and we'd always riff together. And I, so I, anyway, long story short, I decided on one of my bucket list things was I wanted to do it. So I did, wrote five minutes, and there weren't a, as many open mics. This was just a couple of years ago. Right, four years yeah. ago, There were hardly any. Uh, so I went to Scotty's, the Comedy Cove, which was one of the only ones around around here. And I checked it out and then I went back the following week and I did it. Um, and I was, I remember being very nervous and I usually don't get nervous on the mic. I never get nervous. And that night I was nervous and uh, I didn't know you could bring notes. So I was like trying to memorize it. And, uh, Oh yeah. So, and I did it and I was like, okay, that was great. I did it. I finally did it. I could say I did it. Um, and then a couple months went by and I just kept, you know, you know how it is. You do a set. And then you start rolling over. Oh, maybe if I rewrote this, if I tweaked that, and I started doing that, and I was like, you know, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it again, and uh, and I, I just started doing it. It was a several month lap lapse in between those when I did it that first time when I started doing it. Right. But then, right. Then I kind of just started doing it, and um, it was good too because I had moved down to the shore from you know I lived all my friends and everything were in New York and Hoboken and North Jersey. And so moving down here and also having a wife and kid, it became also a social outlet for me because I'm a painter and I work alone most of the time. Right. Right. So it was great just, just to be able to go out and have a beer and hang out with some guys and then get up and tell jokes was like a, a you know, it just, it just was a good, good timing for me when both things came together. Yeah. It's so crazy how much, it has changed in availability of doing comedy like where we are. Yeah. Because when I initially wanted to do it, I initially wanted to do stand up, but like the only thing around was to do 
local improv. So that's what I did mm-hmm. for many years. Right. And then I like pretty much forgot about doing standup was my original goal. Huh. I was like, I'll do improv for a year or like a couple months and just figure out like how to do standup mm-hmm. somehow. And there was like no scene. And then a couple of years, like in like 2012, it started like 2013. And then I had no idea of that. So I started in 2015 which was like in this boom period of all this stuff happening and all these mics coming up. So I was very lucky in how that happened. Mm-hmm. And now it's like almost six years later. And it's just crazy. Like how, how huge it is now. Like, you know, and even with like, you know, it's sad with COVID because th- last year there were so many shows like right. going on and mics and stuff. Right. Uh, you had your show with uh, Jack, and Angelo, yeah, the ABC yeah. shows, yeah. Yeah, you guys really, you know, it's crazy to think, like, with COVID now, how everything is, like, with crowds, like, you guys got a really good audience. Yeah, we just, uh, it, it just really clicked. We we were averaging, like, 125 people or so at every show. Yeah, that was just great, and they, the shows were all really good. Thanks, yeah. And uh, they were just, you know, uh, it's, it's a shame with COVID and everything, how that happened yeah uh, yeah you know i wonder i wonder how much you know of it is going to come back uh how much is not going to come back you know right i always feel so bad for people nowadays that like are starting to stand up now Mm -hmm. because i'm like oh it's so hard now to, (laughs) to find places to do and i do you do any of the uh online uh yeah i did at first at first i kind of was resistant to it um, and then it just got to the point where it's like, I, I just felt like uh, I had, a I did one or two, um, that I were good experiences and I felt like, okay, I just getting me, I can try out some new stuff. And I felt like it kept the rust off a little bit, but right. there's no, no substitute for, for standing on holding a mic on a stage and looking at people, whether they're laughing oh, okay. or not, you know, getting blinded by the light, all those elements that go into to stand up, you don't necessarily have, but I, as a means to an end, keeping the rust off and getting to try some new material, I think it's fine. Right. To me, like I could never do it because it always just feels like blogging to me. Like when I go on Instagram, or whatever, it always yeah. just feels like when I do that. And to me, I have like a joke about it. It's like, you know, I feel like being a comedian is a lot similar to a stripper, but instead of getting money from one of those, we get laughs. So like, mm-hmm. if you get a big laugh, you're like, oh, I'm going to keep that joke in my set. Yeah. And it's the same way I imagine a stripper is like, oh, if I do that move, I get more money. Right. So it's like, you know, if there's no one there to like, you know, laugh at me, I can't know what stuff to do. And that's what's been hard with COVID is to just, you know, being performing in front of all these other comedians, it's fine. But like, there's no like build up to other shows. So do you have a poll in your room? You're doing like Zoom stripping? Is that what you're? <laughs> no, that would be really funny though. <laughs> that would be hilarious. You know, the good, the cool thing too about the Zoom mics is uh, you can do one in anywhere. I just did one the other day in London and it just, uh, it's kind of cool to be get, just to do it right. in front of a totally different geographic area, you know, LA, uh, wherever, you know? So that, right. that's, that's kind of a cool getting in front of completely new people, completely oh, yeah, new eyeballs, sure. you know? Um, so when when did you start painting? Oh, I've always, since I was a kid, done art, drawing. You know, initially I didn't paint till later on, but I was always drawing and making art constantly since I was 
but uh, you know, very, very young, very young. So you did, uh, you've done, uh, I saw that you did like comic cons and stuff. Like, did you do like stuff? So like you did some stuff with wrestlers, right? Oh yeah. I, um, I used to do, uh, caricatures at parties, um, for a while. I, I, <laughs> you know, when you're an, an artist, you're always scrambling to make, uh, to make money for different things. I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't have a full-time I had like, instead of one full-time job, I had like three or four things. And one of them for a while was doing caricatures. I was on the party circuit and then Guinness beer hired me to go to bars and draw people. And, uh, there was a, a wrestling newsletter and I started doing caricatures of the wrestlers in exchange for a free subscription, um, the, the pro wrestling torch. So a couple times a year, I'll, I'll right. him a caricature and I get, I get that for free. And, I also did, um, I would do them at uh, wrestling conventions, believe it or not. Uh, which is... Yeah, I've been to a couple of those. Oh, yeah, I can the... see you there. <laughs> I've, been, I've been a wrestling fan since I was eight. So it's like, it's interesting. Like when I first saw uh, your your stuff, when I, I thought it was really cool when I saw the uh, the Blue Demon painting and like all the Lucha Libre stuff, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like he... He paints this stuff. It's yeah, like, those are those are more like realistic paintings. The caricatures are just straight up, you know, black and white characters. Right. And um, I, you know, I go, um, I used to go to wrestling conventions, and I would sell uh, duped videotapes of stuff I got from Japan. And I used to be, it's embarrassing. I used to be really into that whole scene. So I would set up a table selling tapes, and I would also do caricatures. And the WWF hired me a couple times to do caricatures at their their fan fests which was a lot of fun. Oh, that's so cool. And I did one of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. I, I forgot to take it home. I felt so bad. I was like, you know, I forgot to take it. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I forgot to do that. I always feel like when that happens, when I get like a poster or something at the Brighton Bar, and I'll be like, that was, that was like, a, I'll, I'll forget. Yeah. I'll forget to do that. <laughs> that was a fun bit. I was, that, that's, you know, there's like certain things too that I like about the Brighton Bar. That I and I wouldn't dare, I wouldn't probably do that at another club. I only did that bit one time because I knew it would it would right. work. And I feel that that's one thing that's nice about Brighton is having that uh, steady room that you feel comfortable going to, where you can just really go outside your comfort zone and uh, and do that kind of stuff and experiment. Oh, I try yeah. to experiment a lot there. I love the Brighton Bar. And uh, did you watch the uh, the Showtime documentary of the uh, Comedy Store? Yes. Yeah, I, I thought it was like very relatable with how they talked about it, like on a lower level of how we are with like the Brighton. Like it feels like, you know, they have all the pick all the names of the uh, rock of the bands that play mm -hmm. on the wall. And I feel like it it feels so much like there should be like a wall like that we put comedians on like uh Carl or whatever. Like, yeah, that's what the bathroom's for. Yeah. <laughs> just we should all just grab a marker and just write our name on the bathroom wall. Right. Yeah, so it's it's been really great with uh doing that. So are you still able to I guess with you know the way the world is now with code, do you, are you still able to do a lot of your painting at home? I have I rent a studio at the Jersey Shore Arts Center. Um, right. so I go there, um, and it's, it's pretty much, it's only open for, for people who have businesses or studios there. So it's, 
it's very safe. It's very quiet. There's not a lot of foot traffic there yet. Um, they kind of closed down for, uh, for COVID as well, just to residents only. So, so I've been, um, <clears throat> just cranking along. Yeah. So you just kept that, uh, what kind of stuff are you working on? Uh, you know, it's, it's my son, when, when I was homeschooling him last year, it took a big hit time-wise because I had to spend a couple days a week uh, home, you know, teaching him. Right. And uh, when he went back to school, I just had this all this time. And then I had more time because we couldn't do stand-up. So I just had this complete burst of like creative energy. And um, I, again, thanks to COVID, there are some good things about this whole quarantine. I had had a lot of time to really reflect on my work and what I was doing. So I narrowed it down. I kind of focused on a lot of things, um, a different palette, some different, some different compositional type things. So I, I have kind of like two bodies of work. One is just straight up still lives, um, which, which I've done very well with. I've done like the Lucha Libre portraits. I've done a cocktail series. I've done a series of sneakers, still lives, um, birds, and I've done very well with them. And then I have, excuse me, stuff that's a little bit more kind of pop surreal where it's like people in kind of like an odd situation and I'm mixing realism with abstract with cut paper collage. And that's kind of what I'm working on now, kind of formulating that whole new thing. But I'm working at, I, I can paint very fast, which is fortunate because I used to do um, a lot of illustration for magazines, which you have to work very, very fast. So I'm, I'm lucky in that I can work very qu quickly. So I'm working through a lot of this new stuff at a, at a good clip. Yeah, so very just, exciting. it's so interesting. Just like, I'm, I'm, well, it's a good thing that you have that studio still because uh, I, was, I wasn't sure if you still did. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just remember seeing all your stuff. It's very, you know, like you said, you have the abstract stuff. It just, uh, um, so have you like still, are you still selling? Do you sell your stuff or? Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have my, my website and social media and I get into shows. I have some stuff in some galleries and all that kind of thing. I actually did really well during COVID because um, I was doing these small still lives of birds and like, I couldn't make them fast enough. Um, I would just sell them so quickly because they were, they were very reasonably priced and people were depressed and people were like, oh my God, that painting is just, that bird's so beautiful. It makes me happy. I want to have something beautiful in my house right now. So it worked out well. Right. Uh, have you um, ever thought about like doing paintings of like different comedians or stuff like that? Um, you know, I love doing uh, portraits. I love doing faces. Uh, I used to do a God. I used to do a lot of political stuff for uh, National Review. Oh wow, ago, that's cool. Um, ages ago, that was a while ago. But uh, I've done um, a series of I call them pop pop portraits, where I was doing monochromatic paintings of of famous people on um, like a brightly ripped collage paper background. Mm -hmm. um, you might have seen them at my gallery. I had like. It was everybody from Charles Bukowski to Joe Strummer to Jimmy J.J. Walker to Kojak, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, I've also done a, a series of jazz saxophone players portraits. Um, but I was I was kind of revisit. I'm moving away from illustration. I've really moved quite a far away from that. But 
um, I was thinking about doing a series of portraits on this collage paper kind of thing. And um, I was, it's funny you mentioned that because I was like, oh, who am I going to paint? So maybe I'll do it with, with comics. That might be kind of interesting to do a little set of that. Right. It's just always so cool to have, to realize like the things that you're able to do and have and keep doing them. Like that's a great yeah. thing now with everything. Um, has, uh, how's the weather near you? Did you go lost snow? Yeah, I don't think we live too far from each other. Uh, I'm I'm over in ocean, so oh, yeah, we got yeah, probably, probably about the same same weather. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like how I hate the cold. I I'm a spring person, which is just like so weird because it's so uh, short. <laughs> yeah, the other day, uh, I don't know if you remember, a couple days ago it was like misty rain all day, and then it froze. And I took my dog out, and I took one the first step, and it was. Sh- sheet of ice pure ice and i went fly i took one step went up in the air and landed on the on the edge of the steps oh on my back <laughs> i got this hellacious bruise like it's so ugly i want to post it on facebook but that would just gross everybody out right um but like yeah i went man it's like you know little things like that make you think about uh your your mortality oh yeah for sure because uh, <laughs> i went straight up landed i'm lying there and i couldn't get up because it was all ice on the ground. So I had to like grab the step and slide my body over and roll my body back. up. <laughs> it was insane. Right. When I walk with my, but you know, you always morning, think like, Oh, maybe I'll get a bit out of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> when I walk with my personal trainer in the morning, I'm always like worried that I'll slip on ice. And I'm just like, you know, I'm always worried about that. But, uh, cause I'm a very clumsy person. I fell at the, <laughs> I fell at the Brighton bar, uh, trying to charge my phone <laughs> and uh, <laughs> everyone's like what happened it's like i just fell <laughs> don't, don't try and walk and chew gum at the same time is that kind of thing yeah <laughs> always a thing that happens so uh yeah um uh thank you so much for um doing this uh, yeah no it's cool i i think uh, oh by the that the page is called uh Comedy, history, and bits. Right, comedy, history, and bits. Uh, you what's know? your um? What's your website? Uh, uh, Joseph Borzata, B O R Z O T T A dot com, and on Instagram it's Borzata Arts. Okay, so you are on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, I got stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, these kids with their newfangled technology. I was, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was hesitant to uh, get on Instagram. It's so weird to think like, you know. Like I was from twenty seven, and it doesn't seem like that old. But technology wise, it's like so weird to be like you know people nowadays, like kids nowadays, they don't know what MySpace was. It's like you know, yeah, I had you know stuff like that, and it is interesting how stuff always changes, and uh, I think it's really cool how like that has changed like with comedy too um dame cook was like one of the first people that really used the online stuff and it's so crazy now to think like how like prevalent it is Mm -hmm. it's so it's so cool uh yeah it's really it's 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 really interesting because uh you know there's there's well, I just went in two separate thoughts i was thinking about art and comedy and art and tech uh comedy and technology (laughs) um you know, it's it's 
it's uh, interesting because you and I are like much different than age and you have so many different experiences or things you haven't experienced right. than I have. And it's funny because I always have to kind of be careful when I'm writing stuff. Like to me, referencing all in the family is like everybody I grew up knows all in the family and knows intimately knows those characters. Right. But like I, if I say it to somebody like your age, they're just kind of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that show was like from 50 <laughs> years ago. But it's interesting too, because, you know, talking about the age differences, like I came up in a time where you couldn't say hell or damn on TV. Right. And you grew up in a time from the time as far as you can even remember where you can turn on any media and hear F bombs oh, and yeah, for sure. graphic sexual talk. Like you don't even notice it. You have oh, no yeah, idea. For sure. uh, yeah. I guess that's the one thing that's always been so interesting with me is like my, my family. It's so funny. Uh, I think like violence was more of like a thing that was like, no, like my parents were, it's so funny when people say, talk about like, kids talk about how like they weren't allowed to watch like South Park and stuff. Like I watched Blazing Saddles with my dad when I was like eight. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's always <laughs> just been like a thing where was your family, like I know you mentioned uh, growing up and watching all this stuff. Was your family like watching that with you? Well, yeah. Well, a lot of times, you know, you had like the one TV, right. you yeah. know, so we had like the main TV we had. I remember it was so exciting when we got a, finally got a color TV. That's how far right. back. And then we had like the little shitty black and white one in the basement for the kids, you right. know. Um, so a lot of times we watched a lot of a fair amount of TV together. Um, you know, there were a lot of variety shows. But, you know, it's interesting because like that whole thing is. That's one of the reasons why I did the comedy history and bits page because I wanted some some comics from today, some of the younger guys, to look back. And you might watch somebody from the fifties or sixties who I put a link up and think like, "Wow, that's really lame. That's really corny." But when you think about the the um, the, the the strict guidelines they had to operate under and still try and be funny. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I think there's a lot to be learned from that, and I. I just posted about this early black comedian, Timmy Rogers and black comedians back then weren't even allowed to talk directly to the audience. Right. So think about stuff like that. And, and, you know, it's, it's, I, I think a lot of times when you go to Mike's, uh, there's a lot of comics that are just, they're doing like shock jock type stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, which is just like, Oh, I'm going to say this, or I'm going to say that just to, just to get a reaction. And, um, you know, I think it's a, a really challenging, sometimes you need that to make a joke right. work. I'm, that's, I'm totally fine. But sometimes it's a real challenge is like, how can I write this same joke clean or semi clean? Oh, yeah. uh, there's a newer comic, uh, Mark Norman. And like, people are always asking him, like other comics are always asking him, why do you do the late night shows? He's done like all the late night shows. He always does them, mm -hmm. well, Jimmy Fallon and all of them. And they're like, why do you right. do that? They they cut out so much from your set. And he's like, it makes me a better writer to yeah. write these jokes and find a way to do them clean in a way on TV. And it's like a cool writing like exercise for him. And to me, I always well, find that so interesting. <laughs> yeah, but a buddy of mine, um, his brother hired a, a stand-up comic to come to like a house party they had, right? And it was like family and everything. 
So my friend started talking to the guy and he said, Hey, my friend Joe's doing stand-up. Do you mind if, if if he calls you? And the guy said, Sure. And uh, and this is terrible. I, I forgot his name. Uh anyway, um, this is a couple of years ago, and I called him and we we had a couple of really good phone calls, and he, he was a quote unquote working comic. And he said, You gotta write clean if if you want to ever make any money, if you ever want to get anywhere. Right. And he said, uh, you know, Louis C.K. and Jim Norton, for the first 10 years they were doing stand-up, they were doing like, you know, uh, bus jokes. It, then they, until they finally earned the right, as he put it, to do the graphics stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. They didn't start out doing that. And he said, look, if you if you want to make a living at this, you're going to get – you're going to do the VFWs, the, the Elks Clubs, and you can't get up there and talk about, you know, blown alone in your girlfriend's face. Right. You can't do that kind of stuff. You can you can have that stuff for when you're doing a club or a mic or a show, but he said if you want to get anywhere, you got to have some of that stuff. And I think there's a lot of mentality amongst a lot of a lot of people doing uh, mics is that like, no man, this is my voice. This is this is right. how I talk. This is who I am. And it's like, all right, good. If you don't feel that you you can compromise, if you consider right. that compromising, but you're, you're probably going to be doing open mics. For the, you know the next 10 20 years right you, to you me know. i always like to have a mix of like what i can do like i love right. doing uh even though there's such a scam and there's i'm so glad that covid has sort of gotten rid of them when i did bringer shows in new york the reason i like doing them was because i could use all the material that i accumulated and also it was nice to like see like okay the stuff that like works like the the thing that was always so interesting to me was i don't like like some comedians really like uh offending people it gives them a Mm -hmm. thrill and that can happen sometimes for me but for the most part like uh it's interesting with the patrice uh o'neill uh documentary out and everything i haven't watched it Mm -hmm. yet but like his style is so different to me where it's like, I'm not confrontational. My thing is I want everyone to laugh. So whenever I've really offended people, it's always been super hard for me to not feel terrible about it. Like uh, mm-hmm. I did when I did shows in New York, uh, bringer shows, I all my religious material would kill with like the 20 year olds and the 30 year olds. Mm-hmm. But then like, I'd have like an 80 year old woman get so mad at me. <laughs> And I'd be right. so like depressed about it and be like, oh, I don't want to hurt their yeah. feelings. I don't want to make them upset. It's like, you yeah. know, I don't come out here to do that. And some people do that. Some people just come out to be provocative. And to me, it's just like, I just like, and also I realize it's an ego thing. It's like, I need everyone to like me. So it has to be like, mm-hmm. it doesn't always come from, you know, a genuine place, even though I think it does, even though I think like, oh, I'm doing a good thing. I'm making people laugh. It's always like, right? yeah, I can't, like, even though I respect him a whole bunch and I really want to check it out, the documentary, it's just like, I can't relate to that Patrice O'Neill type of style where it's like not caring what people think and like. But, but you see, the thing is, and especially when you watch that documentary, if you ever see him on interviews, that's who he really yeah, yeah. was as a person. He was difficult. Yeah. You know, he was, he was difficult to be around. He was kind of a miserable guy in a lot yeah. of ways. Um and, but you gotta, you gotta, I, I remember seeing a, a video, video by Louis Anderson when I first started doing on, I was looking around on YouTube for advice and stuff. And he said, <clears throat> he goes, 
you don't really start to find your voice till you've done about a hundred yeah, mics yeah, or yeah. so. And then, then you kind of start to figure out your voice. And uh, that's the challenge. You know, people are like, ah, oh, why do you do open mics? You know, it's so miserable. And, and you know, civilians who've come to, you know, any civilian, civilian that's come accompanied a comic to an open mic is just like, oh, they're brutal. You know, why, why do you do this? And it's like, well, you kind of have right. to. It's, it's calisthenic. To me, that's always um, been really cool is to see how that evolves. Like for me to just see how my, act and everything my sets just evolving getting better and uh you know it's interesting when i started you know it's so weird to think like i'm very envious like of my past self like i wish i still had the i guess intensity of my opinions when i was younger like i'm way more relaxed now which is good for you mm -hmm. know real life but <laughs> yeah. when i was starting out i was 22 23 and, you know, you're just full of opinions on the world and you know nothing. And that's good for comedy because I would have so much, like, oh, this is all my opinions on everything and <laughs> all my stuff. And now I'm way more relaxed. Right. And it's like, now I just got to find out, like, things that I want to talk about. And that's the thing for me that's always hard is, like, I want my material to be, like, material that I can be proud of. Material that I can be like, okay, this is what I can show off people right so like people are like you know always wondering it's like you know i always say like i have 15 minutes and that may not seem like a lot of material but in the span but i'm really proud of that what i've accumulated at this point mm -hmm. because like right. even though i wish it could do longer it just is like at least i have gotten this you know stuff and it's always so interesting to me to learn like the different ways that i the different things that I did. Like I started with singing in middle school mm -hmm. and high school and then I did improv and everything was different each time. Like you always you always have that. You probably had that with your, you know, even though they're pretty separate, it's like they're they're different uh genres totally. So when I did improv it was like I could I could relax and you know, I was always on like supported by everyone else i can do voices or characters but i could right. you know i could at least keep like up with people and then doing stand-up was mm -hmm. just like okay this is me having to learn how to do this all by myself right and, right i think there's a, there's a lot of similarities for for at least for me between art and stand-up you know like if when you're when you're painting you're creating something you're looking at something you're filtering it through your brain, your experiences, your emotions, your thoughts, your education, and then something else is coming. Your your interpretation of that is coming out. And you look at it and you turn it upside down and you turn it sideways and you look at it. And if you think about writing jokes, it's the same thing. Oh, yeah. You have something that happens and you look at that and then you say, okay, what can I spin on that? How can I evolve yeah. that? You turn it up and you look at it from the other ways. And that's what comedy is. You're, you're putting that little spin on things. Um, you know, like who, uh, Dave Attell's, I love oh, Dave yeah. Attell. And he'll, him and Greg Giraldo too, like they'll go oh, there. They'll yeah, go extreme. <laughs> but what they do it in such a smart, creative way. But Dave Attell will take something, turn it on its head, you'll die. Then he'll turn it over again with another joke. And then he'll do it a third time. And you're, yeah. you're breathless by the time it gets done. It's like, how the hell did he 
go those four steps with it, and each one lands as hard as the I other one. That. It's amazing. I listened to his album uh, last week, uh, and it's so crazy that he hasn't done another one. But it's like so cool, like he and he really does that. Like he, you know, with everything, it's so perfect. Uh, I just remembered what I wanted to say. Uh, you know, I've been bringing this up a little bit on the podcast recently. Is that I've, you know. I used to do creative writing and I was mm -hmm. like, not a good, like not terrible, but my grammar was never as good as I wanted it to be. But my problem was that I would always start projects and then I would like abandon them. And it would always annoy like teachers and stuff in school. Cause I'd be like, okay, I'm writing this. And then two weeks later, I'd be like, I'm, I'm working on something new. And with stand up, it's yeah. great because it's like, I can just work on jokes and keep writing new ones. And then I can go back and work on, older ones and just keep right. working on them and i love the freedom of being able to do that as as a way to write as a good outlet sure um i think it's again art is and stand up are the same way you're 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 finding your voice um you do that with your with painting as well as with with stand up right. you know did you ever do any uh, other type of art like uh any type of like work with uh like clay or anything uh yeah you know you always try especially in college you're always doing different things photography you know sculpture um <clears throat> um i used to do a lot of a lot of like, i did a lot of comic book type stuff when i was younger um that kind of thing uh but yeah it's mostly um well i went to school originally for graphic design um i went to rhode island school of design and uh I went there to be for illustration, but the department was in upheaval at the time. So I, I, my majored in graphic design, um, but my heart was always in a more of a visual narrative kind of thing. And uh, I worked for a while after school and I, I, I did a year of grad school at school of visual arts for illustration and painting. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really, that's where I really focused. But graphic design always paid the bills, but when I was in school, I think my senior year is when the first, the Apple Lisa came out <laughs> and um, was the first computer that was being used for graphic design. And I was just like, you know, it became, the field became more and more about computer technology. When I was first doing it, there was a lot of drawing and sketching and magic markers and tissue overlays. And you were using uh, uh, this thing called a, um, a stat machine. Uh, there was all, you know, it was a lot more hands-on cutting and pasting uh, with razor blades and glue, you know, that right. kind of thing. And um, it was much more hands-on and more of a studio feel. And then with the, with the computer, it just became sitting in a cubicle, staring at a screen for eight hours. Right. And that just, that just was not for me. Right. And I, I just saw that writing on the wall and I started moving away from it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to think like, I can, I always wonder that with like artists, it's like there, there has to be something better about, you know, working, like actually working with yourself, not clicking, just like actually just like drawing something or painting something. It just feels like more uh, efficient, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. always so cool to like think of how you, how those two things interact like with art and everything like i can never 
I always wish that I was better at like drawing and painting because I like that a little bit, but uh, it's just, it's so cool. Um, I, uh, I want to thank you so much for um, doing this. Uh, I'm sorry it took yeah a little uh, bit to do, but. Um, no, it's totally, totally good. Yeah. Uh, this was, this was fun. You've always been uh, <laughs> really, really one of the sweetest guys that like, you know, and it's very, uh, it's very important. Like, I think a lot of people uh, take for granted, like, how the social aspect of doing stand-up and mics and stuff is. And you're just always nice to everybody. So, I think that's oh, well, very... Oh, well, thanks. That's a good thing. <laughs> Thank you. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, it just... Uh... Like I said, I get a lot of enjoyment out of it because because it just become also a big social thing for me. I mean, I used to I used to own a bar back in the days. I own a bar in Hoboken and one in New York, so it was constantly socializing, right. constantly being with people. And um, that aspect of the bar business, I I miss and I love. Um, I don't miss you know cleaning up puke and, right. <laughs> and all the stress that's involved with running a a, a bar. Um, but that was, it's funny because that's almost like a performing too. Cause you're oh, like yeah, a sure. host every night. I, uh, you know, I have a, uh, saying that's like, you know, that I sort of made up. That's so interesting. Like to me is that comedians, I think are the worst at sort of like what they call networking. Like I think, you know, actors are good at, uh, musicians are better at it. I always say like us trying to, I always say like, I feel like we're infants in tuxedos. That's sort of like, the, <laughs> like we're trying to seem professional, but we'll always sort of be more immature. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, I think it was a little, uh, uh, a little seamless in some ways. I mean, the art world has a lot of people that are, you know, not run of the mill people, right. you know, they're not nine to fivers. There are a lot of people that are, wanted to beat at her own drummer or have a lot of issues as well. Right. And it's a big thing in, in uh, you know, going to a wrestling convention or a comic book convention, there's a lot of people there that have, you know, a lot of baggage and with comedy, um, you know, let, let's be honest. There's a, there's a big element of narcissism. Oh, yeah, sure. there, there's you know a lot of people that are, um, uh, getting up on stage and saying a lot of this stuff is like, uh, you know, it's kind of like a therapy right. for them, I think. Um, you know, so I, I, it was seamless for me in the sense I was always used to being around people like that. And so I felt very comfortable going into the, the comedy scene and from the, from the bar and everything, like, I'm just, I, I don't, I can talk to anybody. So right. getting up on stage is felt always felt very comfortable for me. And I especially love hosting. I, I love hosting shows. And I think that also comes from, because I've done it in the past before I started doing stand-up, right. but also being in the bar business. You know, you, you know, nobody wants to go in and have a cranky bartender. You want somebody to say, hey, how you doing tonight? What can I get you? What's going on? Right. You know, so I could talk to anybody and uh, which came in, you know, life is very linear, <laughs> you know, like A leads to B leads to C. Right comedies like that you know without some comedies some comedians doing stuff there's no timmy rogers there's no richard Pryor, there's no eddie murphy there's no you know right. you can follow the line yeah uh, i i really love uh you know 
I, I really wish I was better at hosting like things that I was trying to get into doing. Like I, I helped Max with her mic and it was always just like a learning process. I remember me and uh, John Bacroft, we uh, went to uh, do Elazar's mic and he was like late and we had to, and we had a host and it was just like so hard. I was just like, you know, memorizing people's names, even though I knew these people, like their name from the back yeah. of my hand, I was like, this is just, but it's always cool to learn how to do something. Like yeah. it's, uh, I got this uh, gig recently. I don't know if I had it or not. Like this person reached out to me to do like uh, a show. I like their, like, I guess their uh, friend's uh, birthday party. 40th birthday party and it's just like they want a pg-13-ish comedian which is fine because i'm that <laughs> and it's like uh mm. you know like to me i'm just like i'm jumping at any opportunity to perform <laughs> it's like yeah yeah especially nowadays right i can do because it's just like you know it's like even if it's way past my comfort zone i'll just be fine with it uh there's a uh, this comedian uh francisco paladino and he was uh he does like these one man shows like he has a manager and everything so he does like an actual like show which is great and uh i went to um rutherford at a hotel like my second year of doing stand-up i guess it was mm-hmm. 2016 and i had to do 15 minutes and i definitely did not have 15 minutes and it was just <laughs> like it was a really weird set but it was like really cool to be like this is at least like a way to to jump feet first into the fire, I guess, and learn how to do that and be like, okay, well, at least I did it. <laughs> and didn't like, yeah. you know, I didn't right. break out or leave. I was like, I'll do the 15 minutes that they want me to do, even though I have three minutes or four minutes of the time. <laughs> yeah. But I love that. Well, with you've come a long way like, since I first saw you. Excuse me, I'm yeah, sorry, go ahead. Like, I love that with, you know, being able to do go into those situations and then figure out a way to you know keep going mm-hmm. well uh, you've come along i think the first time i saw you was at uh um uh, dark city brewery oh, yeah yeah and, uh, i keep trying to remember that name and, of that and, place <laughs> i was like yeah and i remember you did your set and then you got off stage and you walked straight to the d- door and ran across oh. the street <laughs> and it was all glass windows and i was like Oh my God, that poor kid! And I wanted to run after you to make sure you were yeah. okay, but you were like, I can't remember, uh That was, you know, to me, it was so much anxiety. It's so different. It's so weird to think like how I thought that I would be comfortable on stage because I was like, I've been performing, like I've, I've, I've sung, I've done improv for years. It was like, mm-hmm. and then doing stand-up, it was like, you know, it was completely different. And to me, it's so funny, like a lot of people are curious like with the way that I am if it's like fun or like a character and it's like no I've been this way since I was four years old (laughs) it's just you know I wish (laughs) it was a character like emophobes like I could you know at least control it it's like I can't control anything (laughs) it's cool to be accepted by people and be like okay this is working (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like I say, yeah, you so definitely come a long way saying. since then. That means a lot. Cool. Yeah. 
Cool, man. Yeah, well, we're hey, close. yeah, we're I think we're getting close to your, your time limit here, but uh, thanks so much. This was yeah, this was really cool, so very much. fun. I really appreciate you having me on, and uh, it's just so cool. Like I'm getting close to uh, thirty people. Uh, I think this is the twenty uh, fourth or twenty fifth person. So yeah, it's just wow. Cool when wow. I started doing it in twenty eighteen, I really didn't pay too much attention to it. I really didn't put too much work into it. And then when I started interviewing people last year, I was just like, okay, now it has to be better. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a time capsule, yeah. you know? I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe one of us will, will blow up and then can go back and pull yeah. footage from uh, the what the heck. You know, um, which by the way, you're lucky. I think I told you this once before. You're lucky your last name is Dweck because it rhymes with what the heck. And but you'd be in trouble yeah. if your last name was Duck. You know what? Um, you know what would be right? Much different title. She came up with the uh, name. Yes. Of the podcast before I even had one. Oh yeah. Years ago, she was like, "If you ever have a podcast, <laughs> it should be called that." And I was like, "Okay." I was like, so I just remembered that. <laughs> but uh, I that's great. <laughs> it's so funny. Like people are always like curious of yeah. me like booking people way ahead and it's like well COVID what I've learned is time goes by both really fast and really slow so it's like and plus I have mm -hmm. met tons of like comedians in the past six years I've been doing this so if I want to get through everyone mm -hmm. there has to be some preparation <laughs> to be like you know yeah, I'm already yeah. <laughs> people I have like 90 more that I have to get through <laughs> so it's cool well, maybe it'll be a Showtime documentary yeah. like the, like the Comedy Store. Yeah. But it'll be using all the material uh, for it. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Oh no, you, thank uh, you. Gonna be um, there on Monday. Um, I'm not sure. I've been I've been right. kind of laying low. Um, but I'm getting the itch to get back out on stage. With, you know, with COVID and everything. But I have uh. Um, Angela and I are doing with ABC show. We're going to do a free, um, uh, zoom show on March 18th. Oh, that's awesome. Look for that. I'm hosting a, a comedy fundraiser on March 20th, I think for, um, summit playhouse in summit, New Jersey. And, uh, I have my film. I did a film. I shot at the Brighton bar called across the bar based on my bartending experiences, uh, which I'm entering in, uh, the film festivals and uh jack was in it and angelo did a cameo oh that's great that's so cool i didn't <laughs> know that you did that that's awesome yeah i want to i you know i have to there's certain rules with the film festivals where you can't show the film that you make it ineligible but once uh i get past a certain amount of time goes by i want to have a big uh viewing party that's at really the Brighton good. so like uh, definitely have to check that out for sure yeah. So um, I'm yeah. going to, you know, put this up and uh, it should be, you know, available in like 30 minutes. So uh, thank you. Groovy. Uh, grazie. Grazie.